This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark. And for this episode, we are going to hear a presentation that I did for Nerd Night St. Pete. It was an absolutely delightful evening. I really loved the place, the ambiance, and the people. And of course, my presentation not only talks about the good, uh, but the bad, and of course, the paranormal pets. So we'll get started with that right after these messages. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Dogosuds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Dogosud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Dogosuds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and we are going to start listening in to my presentation on Nerd Night, April 2019. I will say that at the beginning, I had a little trouble getting my recorder to work, but I did get it to go, and so that's kind of what I'm alluding to at the start of this presentation. Nothing like paranormal equipment. There we go. So, uh, yes, my name is Brandy Stark. I did teach at St. Pete College, and in fact, I believe the owner here is a St. Pete College graduate with the Mirror Program or Music, which is pretty cool. Um, yes, I did start paranormal investigation in 1997 before it was popular or exciting. Uh, So, uh, back in the day when I first started paranormal investigation, actually I started reading things when I was a child. Uh, and so essentially, uh, I was 11 years old when I first started studying things like uh, Uri Geller. Uh, I don't know if you all remember going into the classrooms, they had these little sheets that you could read and you could answer questions on them. And we talked about bending spoons, I thought it was the coolest thing. Uh, then I started reading ghost books, and I was terrified. <laughs> so that didn't work out too well. Uh, and then I would ride a bus, and a friend of mine would get these paranormal books, and I'd read over her shoulder and then go home and be terrified. <laughs> so it worked out great. But back in the old days, it was considered all uh, very odd and very occult, uh, and they combined everything. So you'd read a book that had ghost stories, ESP, UFOs, Loch Ness Monster, and Bigfoot, right? It was all together. Nowadays, what I have found, uh, after the big 2004 advent of ghost hunters, like they were doing something new, right? Uh, but uh, it's now subcategorized. You're a specialist in things. So I'm not sure that. I actually do non-hostile haunts. There you go. Uh, I just don't have time for demons. The question that came up on the anti-intellectual movement, I don't know if y'all discussed it, the answer is yes. But I can say that because as an academic, I have to be somewhat careful. Paranormal investigation is a pseudoscience. 
Understand that I have degrees in classics and history. I have three master's degrees and a PhD. So I've done religious studies, humanities, liberal studies slash literature, and then this horrible thing in education. But whatever, it's very boring, but I got it. Uh, and so essentially, um, I have to kind of actually put a little asterisk with every single talk that I do because basically what they're doing is they're taking scientific context and kind of twisting it, right? So one of my very favorite things is the equipment that comes out. So I brought with me my very favorite little device, which is an EMF meter. This is a tri-field meter, not one of those crappy K2 meters that they show on TV. Don't buy them or use them. But what I love is that I know how to use this. I started using this in 2000, and what I thought was really interesting is watching the ghost hunting shows, they would use this to quantify readings. Well, it turns out that cell phones set these off, and so do cameras, like cameramen. <laughs> so I don't watch these shows. I'm like, no, that's nothing. This is stupid. But anyway, I don't watch the shows. They, they just cause bad blood pressure issues. So <laughs> slight heart palpitations in December, and I'm not allowed to do it anymore, so it's fine. Uh, I would actually propose to you that it's not just uh, pseudoscience anymore. I think it's a pseudo-religion at this point. It's uh, kind of the resurrection of spiritualism. Um, we're actually seeing uh, with religious studies that uh, people are not going to church in America, shame on us, uh, and we are not adhering to religion anymore, so I think this is actually... <laughs> study and um, so I'm wondering if some of the paranormal stuff is actually kind of taking the place of religion in some ways. Uh, spiritualism was kind of this loosely gathered uh, bit of information anyway back in the day. Uh, it's very subjective so I actually uh, kind of try to say well I'm doing a qualitative study and that's how I get away with it. I'm the instrument. Uh, <laughs> seriously you can do that. It is legal uh, in academic fields but it is also problematic. So uh, you know I have to prove I'm not insane. Uh, believe it or not, I actually wore this outfit to work today, so, you know, there's always that question. Um, there are actually more ghosts than I thought there would be. When I first started, I thought I'd do this for five years. Twenty-two years later. So, at this point, if you'll click on that link for me, I just want to show you. Uh, this is the Spirits of St. Petersburg site. I hope. Yes, I'm making us do stuff, I'm sorry. Technology. There we go. Oh, no, go back to the main page. Just click on home. All the way home. <laughs> there we go. Uh, see, I, I plugged her night up here, too. Uh, anyway, if you scroll all the way down, I've got some podcasts coming up I'm going to be interviewed for, so I've got lots of scheduling to do. Uh, but these are actually some of the various pages. I have a, an Urban Legends page. I have this St. Pete Paranormal, which is what I'm wearing tonight. That's when I'm doing stuff alone without a team. Uh, then we have current and case archives. If you and I also have paranormal pugs page. We'll talk about that. Uh, if you have, um, uh, case archives. I always think this is a very dramatic moment. And just start scrolling down. So these are all the cases that I have done personally with the team oh, no. <laughs> since 1997. It doesn't include my other pages. Yep. Keep going. Oh my God. Right. Yep. What? <laughs> yep, yep. Brooksville. Oh, Brooksville. Now, if you're a man, don't go there. It's really dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I have had teammates that say Brooksville kills men. Uh, so, well, okay. so, 
these are actually combined cases. I had to archive this, the original site. So I actually went through and actually combined pages. So there are multiple cases here where we go back and we investigate. So if you want to go back to the PowerPoint now, so I'll stop making us do weird things like that. Uh, but here I am. And I'm like, well, OK, out of all those cases, uh, you know, what do you learn? So uh, one thing I've learned is skeptics. Academics tend to be skeptical. And that's OK. We need skeptics. Uh, however, on the other side of things, we have overbelievers. So I have actually found people that will they will give me a photograph and they're like, see that ghost right there? And I'm like, no, I'm not seeing anything. Right there, right there, that spot. You mean the fan pool? <laughs> yeah, that's a ghost. So that's a ghost. I'm like, okay. And of course, my very favorite are the dust images. And I'm like, yeah. I have a Roomba to prevent that. So. <laughs> Uh, so you get overbelief, and then of course, what do you do about psychics or sensitives, right? And a lot of the information that we get, you have to research and archives and all sorts of stuff. And so, uh, psychics get to be kind of a, an interesting element, but hard to prove, right? Uh, parapsychology stalled a little bit. Uh, there's also a gender bias. So when you watch the television shows, it's primarily a male voice. Uh, I actually have done a kind of a loose mixed method study over the years. Uh, since 2008, I've really been watching the field. 40% are male, 60% are female. Women oftentimes feel uh, dismissed. And I will tell you that as a female team founder, I have primarily women that I work with. Men have a harder time <laughs> apparently trying to answer to me. I'm like, well, okay. Uh, you're not one of my students. I can't do anything. So uh, that gets to be kind of interesting. Also, women more often sense things than men. And men are more likely to dismiss them. So I'll give you an example of a case that I did many years ago. Uh, we walked into a house that, you know, I've, I've done all the you know, background checks and all this sort of thing. They weren't serial killers that were going to see. So, okay, we go in and do this investigation. The husband is a complete and utter skeptic. The wife is an overbeliever. And I, I still remember one of the things she said was, we have food that was takeout and we had it in the refrigerator and the next day it was gone. <laughs> God, I thought there was going to be a divorce uh, after actually having us come in. This was also a case where there was an entity that uh, actually manifested over the EMF meter. There's a cold column of air. I have a brand new investigator who's this, you know, I, they can't knock me down, but she's this little slender thing, and all of a sudden I see her go back. This thing, ha and you could feel this cold air going right at her. It, this entity was a misogynistic ghost that pushed her. Like, yeah, you trust try that with anybody. But uh, it was bizarre because I talked to her about it afterwards, and she's like, oh, no, no, I'm fine, and then I never saw her again. <laughs> so it was one of those really interesting cases. So women oftentimes feel dismissed. You're a female voice. You're crazy. You know, so it gets to be kind of interesting. Um, I have a sub-study. So I have a Paranormal Pets podcast. That's what I'm recording for tonight. So this legalizes my podcast now. Uh, and it was a surprise to me because uh, I actually had a, uh, have a Paranormal Pugs page. I started in, I think, 2004. And I put it up as a lark. I have a grumble of pugs, and that is actually the term. I have five pugs and a puddle at home. I left them to come and talk to you tonight. Uh, and so I actually thought pugs, which are this artificial breed, I've done all sorts of research because I'm a third generation pug owner and I love them to death. Uh, they have no function. They are companions, they are foot warmers, and they are flea attractors. And I'm not kidding. That is the research. So I thought, well, because they're so artificial, and by the way, they go back to 500 BCE, so you know, uh, most likely uh, they're not going to sense anything. They're not going to be like mutts or wolves that have senses. So I put up this essay and people started sending me stories. 
and I started compiling them. I had to change my essay. I actually put up a lecture that I did on, uh, as, on canines as uh, liminal entities, right? Dogs sense ghosts, cats sense magic, just in case you don't know that. Uh, rats symbolize the devil. I mean, there's all sorts of fun stuff out there. Uh, so essentially, I thought, okay, uh, I'm going to start doing some paranormal investigations with my pugs. Uh, so my first pug was uh, Odyssey. I had Iliad and Odyssey, so he was my first paranormal pug. He passed away in 2009, and I still don't but okay. And then uh, the next generation were Odysseus and Achilles. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry to say that uh, Odysseus, these were brothers, they were full litter mates, and they worked together beautifully. So Odysseus, he just had a good time, but the brothers would actually... We had multiple cases. We were actually investigating a vet clinic, and I'm like, well, that's pretty safe. I have permission to bring them. I've been there. There's nothing demonic, right? Uh, and they're running around. They're having a good time, and then they both stop. And when pugs stop, you're like, uh-oh. And they both turn in freaking unison to stare at the wall, which, it turns out, used to have a doorway, which led to an office to the prior veterinary owner who currently haunts the building. I was very impressed. Uh, I even have one on video where he's running around and then he stops and he turns and he looks at a door and the freaking door opens. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Unfortunately, because it was a business, they won't give you permission to release that. I'm <laughs> like, okay. Well, since Odysseus passed away, I still have Achilles and I'm now up to the third generation of paranormal pug, which is Patroclus. Uh, so Patroclus has done his first solo case as of this past weekend. And we'll see how he is. He's kind of a weird pug, but what are you going to do? So I actually have a couple of these things. Um, in addition, the question is, do I believe in ghosts? And the answer is, yes, I do. Uh, I have dismissed a lot of things. But this is actually Haslam. So if you all recognize that, and where's that little pointer thingy? Uh, yes, okay, I didn't shut anything down. This is what I'm always very excited about. This is 400-speed black and white film, not even a digital camera. It's film. It's freaking film. Thank you. Uh, and so ultimately, uh, we were getting EMF. Haslam shut everything down for us. This is about 2002. Then Haslam stopped doing paranormal investigations because in 2004 with the ghost hunters, this area was swamped with ghost hunters to the extent that people would backstab us and say what a terrible team we were. And I'm like, okay, good. Great, fun. Uh, this is my hobby, thank you. But um, I took five shots because we were getting EMF readings and the power was off in the building and this is the middle shot. And I remember this is when Eckerd, remember Eckerd Drugstore? Please tell me I'm not that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is when I had to send stuff out for developing and I got this back and I'm standing in the middle of the store going, oh my gosh, we got something! You know, and everybody's like, what? But I was thrilled. And of course, uh, Haslam's is supposed to be haunted by this fellow, Jack Kerouac, and ironically, I was teaching at Everett College at that time, and I was teaching on the road, so I'm like, hey, I like you, and he liked us, so it worked out well. So I actually say that I met him after he died, it's great. <laughs> no autographs, though. Uh, the second one that I really love, this is Rose Cemetery in Tarpey Springs. Uh, has anybody been up there? Okay, freaking... <laughs> This image is one of my very favorites, also regular film, so please don't send me digital pictures because, oh my gosh, your flash field is right in front of your lens and you're illuminating everything in the air in front of it, so please don't do that. This is film, and what I love is this little image right here, which you can kind of see. Uh, we were leaving, because night had set, and we, we actually leave the cemetery, we're not, you know, crashing the cemetery, because don't come and arrest you for that, just so you know, uh, it has not happened to me, I leave. Uh, but we had all sorts of energy. I, my sensitives are like, yeah, there's somebody following us here. Uh, I'm, I, we're actually leaving the cemetery. I set my camera on the wall, and I took this picture, and this is what came back to me. And what I love is that I've got two EVP files, which I'm hoping will play. These are both uh, Rose Cemetery. Uh, there's three of us together. 
That's not my file. <laughs> That's a different ghost. We tried this, and it's not. It's, it's on the website. And at this point, we are going to take a break. Uh, we will come back to finish the presentation right after these messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Hair, hair everywhere. How do you manage your cat's hair, hairballs, and dander when they're not really fond of bathing? The answer is just a whisker away with catnip bath wipes from Whitegate. It's the only cat wipe on the market that's infused with natural catnip oil. Catnip bath wipes will leave your cat happy, calm, and playful, and you'll both look forward to bath time. Go to whitegateinc.com, that's W-H-Y-T-E-G-A-T-E-I-N-C.com, and enter the code CATNIP for 15% off site-wide plus free shipping. That's right, 15% off. We're not kidding. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back. Let's finish up Nerd Night, April 2019, What I Learned in Two Decades of Paranormal Investigation. I have no idea what you said. There's nobody talking at this point. Uh, We're actually preparing to leave, um, and there is this soft muttering. Uh, I'm looking at the other two investigators. They are not talking. Uh, and actually, when you do recordings, you actually have to say, you know, there's a noise outside, there's a dog barking, a car passing, no one's talking. Uh, so, whoever it was was muttering at us. Uh, they're not particularly thrilled with investigators at all times. The other one that I like is the one at the top. We're at this gorgeous tomb. I mean, you don't get to say that that often. This rich dude died, and he had a total setup. I'm like, wow. He actually had his favorite baseball cap enclosed with a, a, a perpetually burning candle. I'm like, whoa, what a nice tomb. And if you listen very carefully, there's a male investigator talking with me, but if you listen carefully, you'll hear somebody say, thank you. So let's see if it'll do it. So it sounds better when you have headphones. Oh, the ghosts don't want to talk to you tonight, apparently. It's my camera. This is a very elaborate too. Will it be others close to over here? Okay, I think we're past well. And then the rest of us will have a conversation. It's almost immediately after I say this is a very elaborate too. That's okay. We can pause it. But I will leave those. They're up on the site, and you're more than welcome to hear them. It's fun stuff. Uh, the new challenge is, has the field stalled? We haven't proven ghosts. Bummer. Uh, and it's still a super science, no matter what you do. Uh, television shows continue, and they suck. Uh, I remember when history actually had something other than ancient aliens. I now teach humanities, and I come into students, 
who basically say, did the aliens build the pyramids and they are serious? And I'm like, no, stop that. I'm sorry, nerds, it's not true. Um, and then ultimately, I love this image. This comes from Snapchat. Um, this is the forehead of a young lady. This is actually a painting behind her. Uh, the woman who sent this to me, her father passed away. Uh, and she was startled to get this snapshot shot and then have this weird set of dog ears that appeared with another set of eyes. There's no glass on the frame. She sent a picture of the photograph. I really can't explain it unless it's some sort of weird digital glitch, except that the eyes, and I had to cut her face out because I don't have full permission for this one, but um, the eyes don't match up. They're actually facing a different direction. So it could be a camera glitch. Most of my investigators are pretty skeptical, and I tend to agree that there's something, I just don't quite know what yet. There's major competition. There's a lot of backstabbing, which I, I'm an artist, and I'm an academic. I thought those would be the fields that I'd have to watch out for. I didn't think it'd be paranormal investigation. Oh my gosh, territorialism. And I find myself, I'm like, this is my town. This is St. Pete, I know the dead. Uh, you've got somebody in Safety Harbor, that's her town. And you've got somebody in Tampa, and that's their town, right? Uh, and, and heaven forbid, you, know, you cross over. So uh, it's, it's really very, very bizarre. And then, of course, uh, technology, uh, they've got a lot of flim flam out there. So I love watching the TV shows, and they get all these great gadgets, and you're like, but it's just, it's, no, it doesn't work. I actually have something called a reverse EMF meter, because I spent one year buying these things to test them out, and then I tested them for two years, and no, no they don't work. Uh, and you're supposed to talk into this device, and it turns your voice into EMF waves so the ghost can understand you. <laughs> and this is the stuff they're selling. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, and people buy it. Oh, I, I totally should have given up academics. I should just be making ghost equipment. <laughs> so, are there any questions? Yes. Is dowsing considered paranormal? It is paranormal, but it's... Uh, what is that? Dowsing... Uh, have you ever heard of water witching, for example? So we take that Y-shaped stick and you look for water, right? You see it on cartoons. Uh, dowsing is usually have dowsing rods. Uh, so there are two kind of L-shaped rods that have a kind of a, a casing. And the idea is that you hold perfectly still and they'll cross. You know, say, uh, if the answer is no, stay straight, or if the answer is yes, cross. Uh, but it's the same thing as a pendulum. Most likely they're responding to basic body movements. So I do have a set of... Uh, of dowsing rods that I was given, but I, I, I know ghost stores use them because they want people to feel like they've got something. You know? ah. Yeah, well, um, but they're pretty easily disproven, unfortunately. Yes. On the dowsing? Yeah. I've uh, located steel pipes in the coast. That's always fun. Is it the dowsing rod or is it something else? They're actually saying that we might have uh, more obviously than five senses, that we might have a sixth or seventh. Um, I find that I'm attracted to metal because I'm a metal artist. Uh, by the way, uh, we are doing the World's Largest Ghost Hunt, uh, September 28th at Art Lofts, right across the way. Uh, it's a fundraiser for the building, and there will be tickets on sale as soon as I get everything set up. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I love metal, and I get along with it very well, and I can bend it pretty well. But does that mean, you know, it's well, the dowsing the break down to it, too. Uh, it's up to you, but... I tend to be skeptical on those. I think they can be disproven. Did I scare you all now? Oh, okay, thank you. Me? Yes. Have you done anything with like mini lights or heard about mini lights? Yes, it's on the Florida Urban Legend page. And in fact, we were cited. The, the reporter doesn't like me, I'm sorry to say, but we were cited in a St. Pete Times article, Tampa Bay Times article. 
Uh, so the many lights, yes. Uh, in fact, I collect urban legends. Uh, it starts off, the first story I heard was Mary Light, that if you go down to a certain part of Brooker Creek, you call it Mary Light three times, a troll will show up. Well, uh, then that continues to evolve to many lights. Uh, yep. Mennonites is another one. Uh, and it turns out that if you trace that legend back far enough, it is part of our local African-American uh, heritage that it most likely dates back to a time period in which uh, when you saw the, the lanterns of people coming in uh, to take your children, I mean, I, there's articles that are out there about this, that the children were used as gator bait or to attract animals, uh, that what you were supposed to do is when you saw the lights, you were to flee, uh, you were to take your family and run. So most likely, many lights is a, a reflection of a local um, phenomenon, unfortunately. Did you hear about the body parts they found up there by that girl's home on Booker's Creek? I have heard about that, but nobody will talk about it a lot to me. <laughs> They'll say, yeah, there's something really creepy up there. I remember that when I was a kid. There were body parts they found. It Didn't it eventually become like a, a house for pregnant teens at one point? Yeah, it's like a girl's home now. Yeah, uh, and so there's kind of this question as to whether or not it's haunted. But I usually have to get permission to investigate, and they, they haven't... A lot of folks aren't like, yeah, come on in. Uh, so, particularly if they're dealing with children. So, I'm stuck on that one. Yes? Um, about the Ouija board, would you, what's your take on that? Usually, I just say, don't do it. Uh, when I was 16, I was going to test the Ouija board, and I was very proud of myself. My mother's a skeptic, and in fact, uh, she's pub-sitting tonight for me. And on my way out, she said, you know, drive safe, nerd. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Uh, but um, I'm an only child, so I didn't have anyone else to work with. So I was working with her on the Ouija board. I bought one at a yard sale, and I said, what animal is going to die next? Because I always have tons of animals. And the answer would have been fish. And if I was Because I have tropical fish and some older ones. If I was controlling the board, then that was, was the answer that should happen. Well, I asked my question. We put our fingers on the uh, planchette. Nothing happened. Ten seconds later, she said, I don't believe in this. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Off she went. I packed up the Ouija board. The next day, I'm bragging to a friend of mine on the phone. Yeah, we did this Ouija board. It's so fake. Uh, you know, the question is what animal will die, and the answer would be. And at that exact moment, I had books on my shelf that all of us that have stood there for years fell over, knocked over a single figurine, which hit the floor and shattered. And can you guess what that figurine was? It was a fish. At which point, I put the Ouija board in the garage, and my mother had to get rid of it. Um, I do think there's something to psychology with it, uh, and usually I say, you know what, uh, if you are psychic and you know how to use these things, that's one thing, you have to open and close the portal, uh, but for the most part, just don't do it. If it's real, then you're opening your door to a stranger, if it's not real, you're just psyching yourself out, uh, and neither one is really healthy. We like to be afraid, but it's bad for us, just trust me on that. <laughs> yes. Maybe you know, how? You said you have sensitives who work for you. How do they experience feeling a paranormal presence? How do they describe it? I've had various things, uh, pressure on the head, uh, pressure on the chest. Oh, how do sensitives report feeling uh, a paranormal presence? So usually it's uh, they feel dizzy, there's a pressure on the head, there's pressure on the chest. Um, they are sometimes able to directly see them. Uh, I actually had a retired police officer who was on my team for a time, incredibly sensitive, would actually know things that the homeowners didn't know that we actually had to research uh, was incredibly accurate. Um, unfortunately, had some health issues and kind of had to drop out. But um, I mean, I would actually go as far as uh, having her meet at my house and I would drive her so she'd have no idea where she was going. Uh, the homeowners would not speak. She would not meet them until the end of the investigation. I have no idea how she knew this stuff. 
I mean, it'd be one thing if I was giving her the address. But um, so usually it's kind of like a game of telephone. You ask your question and you send it in, and they they hear an answer and they give it back to you. So any other questions? Well, I will plug one more quick thing. If you are interested, I have a little book, Supernatural St. Petersburg. It's got four of the un, uh, lesser known haunts in this area. And I did bring art cards, so, or excuse me, ghost cards. So if anybody's interested, I do have those for you. And thank you very much. I appreciate it. concludes our episode. I hope that you enjoyed the presentation as much as I enjoyed giving it. If you have a nerd night, please support it. They are absolutely fantastic. I really didn't know what to expect. I was exhausted on the day that I gave the presentation, if you can't tell, and I was the last one to go. So uh, it had been a a tremendously long day. We're at the end of the semester. I've been teaching uh, half the day. I had 15,000 errands. Uh, My mother had car issues. I mean, it was just a heck of a day. But it didn't matter. At Nerd Night, everybody was just so friendly, so upbeat, and the ambiance was just so much fun that it just... I mean, I left on a really high note. I felt great. And in fact, it took me about an hour to leave after my presentation because people kept coming up to tell me their ghost stories. So if you have a local nerd night, please attend, please support. I think the tickets are relatively inexpensive. I think here they were $5 a person, but it was just a really tremendous success as far as I'm concerned. And I hope that uh, you're able to find something similarly as fun where you are. In the meantime, I am going to tell you that the Spirits of St. Petersburg will be participating in the International Day of Ghost Hunting, so we'll be part of the world's largest ghost hunt again this year. It'll be our second year. We are going to work with Art Lofts once again, and money raised for this will go towards uh, building preservation. And of course, Art Lofts is from 1916. There we go. It's a pretty old building at over 100 years. I am going to try and see about maybe doing another little Paranormal Pets episode, seeing if I can sneak Patroclus in there. Just to see how he does. Uh, maybe I'll even have him at the uh, at the ghost event itself. So wish me luck. In the meantime, continue to adopt. There's plenty of animals that are in need of homes, and I will catch you in the next episode. Take care. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.